to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. In this show, we hope to bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awaken. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way or ascending on their spiritual path. Things are changing from a dimensional world to something different, and we're expanding our world from duality to a world where we are back to all one, and we're interested in new ways to create peace within ourselves and with others. The way we define love is getting bigger, and there are always bigger, brighter ways to surf. So grab your boards. We'll be looking at light energies, earth energies, and our own spirit energies, and using them to change our world. Today, my guest is author Betsy Otter Thompson. She has surfed these waves with us before. And today we talk about her new book, Love Human. Betsy is a Philadelphia native with a background in radio, TV, and film industries and was out here in California for some time. But now she writes full-time communicating spiritual concepts she has found along the way. In addition to Love Human, Betsy is the author of the What Happens If book, Walking Through Illusion, The Mirror Theory, Love Parent, and You Are What You Think. So welcome, Betsy. Well, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here, and thank you for inviting me, Christy. Yeah, I'm so glad we get to surf the waves again. Yes. So I'd love to hear more about Love Human and kind of what was the inspiration behind it. Well, the book is basically about finding comfort in a world where uncomfortable things happen and seeing the big picture of where we come from, where we are going, so that we can gain a perspective on what the journey is all about. I think every one of us has had that question, you know, why am I here? What's it all about? And it helps us to embrace the world as it is and the people around us as they are and to love whatever that is, not because it's a perfect world, but because as we love and accept life as it is, love and acceptance grow. And that's the goal for love and acceptance to grow. Yeah. So you had a couple of chapters in there I just loved. One of them was magic, and the other one was miracles. Yeah. So maybe you could talk well, about those. The, the, cha- the chapter on ma- magic is, is really about us, you know, as magicians, all of us being magicians, and um, the magician in all of us. I, I, you know, when you think about it, here we are performing tricks and conjuring up illusions every single day, day after day, year in and year out. <laughs> And and yeah. when you look at what our bodies can do without any help, they parade around in this game uh, in total self-sufficiency. And if you saw a puppet come to life, wouldn't that resemble what we are? I mean, we are this magical puppet. And so that's what basically the chapter is about, appreciating this magician within all of us and how we conjure up these illusions that we need to live through in order to grow. And we're doing it, you know, every day, day in and day out. We don't even take it so for granted, you know. We don't We don't realize... Uh, how powerful and magical we are. Yeah, and creative. And creative, <laughs> yes. Creating whatever we need to live. Trusting the soul, trusting that the soul has us living exactly what we need to live and uh, from day to day and meeting the people we need to meet and having the jobs we need to have all for uh, getting going deeper within and realizing more of ourselves, more of who we are, the powerful energy we, energy we are. Yeah. It's it's kind of um, overwhelming at some point just to think about how much we can create illusion any second of the day, and then we can totally discount that 
you know, later sometime during the day. Like, no, I didn't just do that. You know, I think, um, I think before we get here that we're, that that's all we're doing is executing illusions wherever we go uh, because what's, what's to stop us when we're out of body? Nothing. And so we come here to remember how to do that while we're in matter as well. I mean, nothing is any different except that we have these magical bodies with us. So naturally, we're trying to get the memory back of, of who we used to be and to be able to play the same game while we're here in matter. Yeah. So what about miracles then? That's not too far from magic. Well, I, I think miracles are all about coming out of fear and into love. I, I think that miracles occur when we turn our fear into love. I think that they can come in any any direction, in any category, that you're willing to turn the fear into love. And I, I know that... I've lived my own miracles. I've lived them in a health in a health way with, with my body. I've lived them with relationships where I was able to find the love in the relationship or the growth in the relationship. I always hesitate to use the word love because some people think it's just impossible to love others or some people it's impossible to love some people, but it isn't really about loving them as much as it is about releasing them to live their own journey, to go their own way, and to remember that we don't know why others are here or what they plan to understand from being here. And so to judge them is really a a nonsense idea since we have no idea what they're here to accomplish and what they need to understand. And I think when we bring that kind of a miracle or that kind of a release to relationships, it, it causes miracles for the person who does the releasing. Yeah. I think it's a little bit easier to just uh, pay attention to our own. Maybe this is just age, my age talking, but um, it seems easier to concentrate on our own world and bringing ourselves into the world and presenting it to others in relationship. And if I just concentrate on that, that works much better. It does work much better. <laughs> yes, I mean, when you ask, if you ask yourself, you know, in a relationship, why why does change seem impossible? What's or or when you look out and say, what makes us miserable? Who disappoints us over and over? I think these are the circumstances that are ripe for a miracle, because the miracle happens because of something that we do for ourselves, not anything that another person is supposed to do for us. And so we have to get away from the idea that if only so-and-so were different, my life would be better. That's not true. It's, it's, it's Life gets better when you decide that you're the one who can make it better. Yeah, and the miracle's generating within us first. Absolutely. Yes, we create our own miracles. Nobody else creates them for us. Yeah, I think the way we talk about it or our language um, in the past has really sort of focused on Miracles being this outside thing, right? Yes, and that's not really no. It's not really where no. And we all have this voice inside of us that tells us, you know, that that um, tells us that forgiveness isn't deserved or love isn't deserved by the other person. But we don't love and forgive for the sake of other people. We do it for our own sake. Uh, because we're the one who's, who wants, you know, we can't heal other people. We can only heal ourselves. So we can only, we can't really force other people to love. We can only decide we are going to love. Everything begins with the, the person who is, who wants the change to happen. Yeah. And I, I know, think that probably the worst, the worst tragedy in a person's life is probably the fodder for the miracle. That's the way it worked for me. And I've, I've heard about it happening that way to other people. And so I think that that's that's where it's waiting to happen. We just have to allow ourselves to release, forgive, and move on. I kind of look at it that if that horrible bad thing could happen, then there's something even, if I turn it around and make it sort of a positive 
bunch of energy, it's like that's available too. It's yes, like the, the worst can you, happen, the positive can. Absolutely, and you make it you make it into the positive thing by finding the growth it brought you. That's how you make it into the positive. You ask yourself, what did I learn because I lived this, and, and you know, how did I move inward um, and know more about myself because this happened, and that's how you turn it. Uh, into growth, and and I I think it's much easier for me when I realize when I when I believe this that that we give ourselves uh, before we get here we decide on the challenges we need because I don't think we would come here haphazardly without some kind of a plan. Our soul has some sort of a plan where it, it believes that we can learn what we need to learn, and so we set up some of the challenges and they happen to us, and then it's up to us to find the reason we have them and, and well, how we can grow from having them happen. And it really is never about the other person. The other person volunteered to be the challenge we needed. And so when you find the growth, you can thank them instead of be resentful because you'll be grateful for the growth. Knowing what I know now, <laughs> it's like there are some things that have happened that there is just no way I was going to get a certain concept. I was just not going to take it in unless this crazy thing happened. But you also talk about dreams. And it's funny, I haven't really talked about dreams too much on surfing the psychic waves, but I, I do have a very rich dream sort of landscape. But I've never really led anyone into that space. But I like the way you, you wrote about dreams. Yes, it's like the dream is a gift. I I, I love how it, it, the, the, the um, introduction happens. And it says that when we first plan to come here in our bodies into matter. We wanted an idea for guidance that we could depend on and that would be consistent and reliable and would be protected from outside influence. And so this is what this is what the requirements we had. We came up with the dream state because it offered a private sanctuary where our own growth could be considered independent of other people's growth. And so the dream, I believe, is like it gives us information that our conscious awareness will not deal with for whatever reason. Either it's uh, we don't want to look at it, we don't want to think about it, we don't want to deal with it. And then so it comes in the dream state so that we're forced to look at it. With, we, we don't have our conscious awareness to say, forget it. <laughs> we have we, The dream comes and it, it presents whatever it wants to present. And so it is, uh, it is where we can look for help and find answers if we're willing to actually analyze the dreams. And the analyze, analyzing them isn't as hard as you think because they speak to our personal symbols. I, I don't think that they're universal symbols that work for everyone unless you adopt those particular symbols. But I don't think you have to. I just have to. You just have to ask yourself, you know, how the dream is making you feel. And if it's making you feel afraid or it's making you feel uncomfortable, it's making you feel patronized, it's whatever it's making you feel is something that you need to look at in your own life how are you making other people feel that way? How are you making other people fearful? This is how, you know, you, you, your dreams give you the chance to ask a question that you need to ask yourself. Yeah, and find that question. I think sometimes we get so full of different energies that we forget what we're doing. <laughs> At least that's what, that's what happens to me. Like, I think I'm working on this certain thing in my life, and it turns out I've gotten it all twisted around but it'll <laughs> pop out you're not alone <laughs> i mean that's what we're here to do is to figure it all out for ourselves and and i think the dream is your is the gift to yourself it's the it's the perfect place to explore what you need to explore in a safe environment you know with yourself with your god within just figuring it out between you and your soul and you just don't have to bring anyone else into it it's a personal thing and you don't even have to share it ever with anyone else you know if the dream if, for instance, if you're, if you're being someone's being cruel to you in your dream, then you need to look at the cruelty you're giving. But you don't have to share it with others. Oh, I must be cruel because blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
It's just about being willing to be honest with yourself because when you do that, then you have given yourself the power to make things different. But if you don't, if you ignore the dreams and the messages they have to offer you, then it's going to, you're, going, you're going to learn some other way. It may not be as kind and as tender and as compassionate a way as you can learn with your dreams, but you're going to learn. So you might as well use the tools you already have and start. It's usually, a, it, I mean, for me, it was a, the hardest part of analyzing my dreams was actually admitting that I was giving the emotion I was feeling in my dreams to somebody else to actually say, okay, because I, I look at myself as a kind, loving, compassionate person. So when, when I'm not, I certainly don't want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's hard, it's hard for us to admit sometimes when we haven't been as kind as we could be or we haven't been as compassionate as we could be or we've judged somebody for some reason. So this is where you can do your study on a personal level and, and, all, and by yourself you know, with the help of your soul and helping you to understand. So I, I love the way you write because it's something that's universal and you can go back to the books again and again. But how did the love human piece sort of come together? Well, it was, it was my own curiosity. Along my spiritual path, I'd heard some beautiful ideas and some of them worked for me and some of them didn't. And I, I just, I had all the questions that we all have, you know, why am I here? What's the meaning of life? Is my... Is, is there a reason I'm me and you are you? And where was I before I got here? And where will I be when I leave? All those questions that we all have. And I, I had decided that I was going to honor my gift, which I, which I knew I had at a very young age, and when I was around five. But I, I told my sister what I was doing, and I was communicating with my great grandmother, and I asked her who she was communicating with, and she almost went ballistic, and and um, <laughs> her te- her teasing had me so upset and traumatized that I was. Uh, scared to death she would tell somebody else about it and then I would go through it all again so I didn't honor the gift until I was in California and almost homeless and and then I said I'm going to acknowledge, acknowledge the gift again and I'm going to write the answers down when I hear them and I'm going to share it but I need a job to support me while I do it and three weeks later I had the job in the entertainment business that I had for the next 18 years and I did so well that I was able to retire in 18 years and so that was like a miracle turnaround for me, and it all came from just being willing to be who I was, just being willing to be the authentic person that I, was, I came here to be. And, and I think that's what miracles are all about. I mean, I think all the chapters sort of fit into each other uh, because yeah. they're basically all about the same thing and honoring who you are and why you're here and what this journey is all about. So that's how the book began. That's how all my writing comes to be because I'm curious about a certain thing and I want to explore it. And so... Uh, that's that's what love human is all about. Who we are. So who who do you write with? <laughs> Can I ask that question? Is it the bigger you? Is it other beings like grandmother or how does that work? Well, you know, I have my feeling of who it is, but I'm not. I haven't. I haven't ever seen it written down. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere, but I know it's my soul joining another soul and the two of us sharing. And I've had psychics tell me what they believe who it is, but I don't. I hesitate to say because I don't want that to color people's opinions or feelings or curiosity about the book. Because it's it, it's any it is a it is a very loving spirit who has accomplished what we are all trying to accomplish, and therefore, to me, is an authority on what I need to hear. Yeah, I think lots of us in our creative pursuits, I think we do create with other spirit, like whatever 
that is. Yeah, it's whatever spirit you person. feel close yeah. to and you feel that you want to connect with. It doesn't matter what spirit it is because the spirit is going to reflect you in some way anyway because you, you just like you attract similar energy in the human game, you attract similar energy from out of the human game. So speaking of other spirits, you had a chapter on outer space. Yes. And I've gone through kind of an evolution, I would say, this lifetime in how I think about people from other planets or whatever we call them. And maybe we don't need to have to call them anything, but to now they're just another spirit. I don't know. It's just really wild. Yes. I just, I just, I just, you know, I think before we come here, we ask ourselves, you know, where do I need to be for the lessons I need to learn? Do I need to be in warring times or peaceful times, abundant times or impoverished times, slow pass times, safe pass times? And, you know, where can I learn the lessons I need to learn? And then we go wherever that lesson can be, uh, can be lived. And it could be here. It could be in another universe. And I'm sure, I mean, I've heard the message that there are, you know, First of all, how many ideas do we try in one lifetime, each person? So, I mean, when Mm -hmm. we're out of spirit, why wouldn't we be creating in the same way, creating other universes to play in, like we play in this one? I mean, it doesn't make any sense there's only one place. I think God is too big an idea to limit to one one kind of experience. It's just there's multiple uh, of multiple universes, and all of them are. The people who are there are there for the same reason that we're where we are. It's where they think they can expand their inner heart and they can go deeper within. And that's why we are here, and that's why they're there. And I'm sure when we leave our bodies and we go back into the spirit life, we're going to meet all the people who went off on other uh, dreams and other tangents and get together. And what did you learn? Here's what I learned. And, I mean, I think it's all just a, a huge, big family that we all share our experiences. And it's, um, I mean, why wouldn't they be... The book says that they're in every, that they're in, they exist in universal substance where every thought exists and they vibrate in every direction the eyes can see and every direction the heart can feel. And it, it, they're experiencing what they need to experience and we're experiencing what we need to experience. Some of them are older, some of the universes are older, some of them are younger, some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller, some are more complex, some are more simplistic. I mean, why wouldn't we make it every combination we could think of so that we would always have a place to go that was appropriate for our growth? Yeah. Why would we limit that? Why would we? No reason we wouldn't. It's just funny how we'll take an idea of X planet, off planet, whatever you want to call it, and make that into not something expansive, but something very closed off and us against them kind of thing. It's it's interesting how that happens. And yet it's one opportunity to have our thinking evolve. Well, you know, the mass consciousness is is right now in a, them them against us mentality and so why wouldn't they think the same thing was true in outer space that they think is true where they are so as the mentality or the mass consciousness of the people on earth become an inclusive more inclusive they will begin to become more inclusive in terms of outer space and i mean you know people have asked me do you think that we've had visitors from outer space and I, and I and I said well I have never seen the proof of it but if they have seen us they aren't going to land here anytime soon because who in their right mind would land on a planet in, in the condition that ours is in, in and, and with the judgment that we hold about different people who are different I mean why would they why would they come why would they put themselves in that position I mean I'm sure they're <laughs> watching us but they're they're not dumb there's they they see what's happening here and why would they land why would they come would you know we have to ask ourselves would we make them welcome? 
Yeah, I don't think we're there yet. No, we're not there yet. And and we don't have to worry about them knowing. They'll be able to feel whether we're whether we're ready or not. Yeah. It's just really interesting. Because I think, you know, when I hear people about these signals that they're going out into the universe trying to connect with, with people in other planets, well, it isn't a signal that is going to make them respond. It is the heart that they feel on this earth that will make them respond. Yeah. And we have lots to do here just on this planet. Yes. If we want to welcome these souls, we have to have a heart that is welcome to all people who are different and, and all people who are on their own path. That's, that's, that's the heart that will welcome them, a welcoming heart that is a compassionate understanding and, and broadened and, uh, and willing to, um, to welcome anybody, whoever they are, whatever they look like, whatever their beliefs, whatever their religion, whatever. Yeah. But we can't do that here yet, so why would they come? I know. <laughs> but that's just now. That's just today. Yeah, it's just change. today. It can and, change. Yes, and, and and it's up to each person individually. You know, if, if, if each one per, one person at a time opening their hearts to to the divergence, divergence. Diver, what's the word I'm looking? The diverse choices that are here, right here on Earth, uh, opening our heart to the different choices that people make, uh, and and releasing them to live their lives as they see fit. Because you know, there's a chapter on on judgment and all the different ways that we judge others when. When really um, we are judging something that we have absolutely no idea about, you know, we don't know. People have, make their choices to come here to do what they come to do. If somebody comes and only wants to be here for a year, and we judge that as horrible. Why is it horrible if that's what the soul wanted to live? Why is that horrible? Why is that? Why is that um, tragic? It, it's what that soul wanted to live. The soul is not a dummy. It it comes here for the length of time it wants to come, and it it, it experiences what it wants to experience. And and um, it's a, you know I think I love to think about the, the world we're in as like Shakespeare did, like all all of life is a stage, and if all of life is a stage and we are actors on the stage, then we have come here to play a role. And there's the there's the uh, the villain, and there's the hero, and there's the everything in between. And each person has agreed to play the role that they're here to play, and and they're here to play it for their own specific reasons, and they're with the people who wanted to be with them for their own specific reasons, and so everyone is acting out the role they agreed to play for the growth that each individual could find, and there's no judgment in that idea. It's just the way we wanted it to be. Yeah, I think judgments just lead to all sorts of other areas of life that I think jump off that train. Well, they they lead to pain within because when you judge other people, you judge yourself because we're all one. So whatever you give to others, and if you're giving them judgment, then you're feeling judged because everything is a mirror and comes back to you. And uh, and so you aren't really hurting the people you're judged. They don't even know you're judging them, but you're hurting yourself because the universe is receiving your judgment and thinking, oh, Betsy thinks judgment's terrific, so let's give her lots more of it. Yeah. So instead, let's. What about love? Like, uh, you have a chapter on how do you find more love? Well, I, that's about what we were just talking about. It's about giving. It's about giving the love that you wish that you could receive. Um, I mean, we all have our perceptions of of um, how life is. If we see life as unpredictable, we feel afraid. If we see life as entertaining, we feel amused. If we see life as helpful, we feel. Uh, we feel helped. If we see life as hateful, we feel angry. If we see life as um, 
blessed we feel appreciative. So we have we have the choice of how we're going to see life. Um, and 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 how we see life is the love we feel. You know, if we if we see life and we look out into the world and we say, oh, there's so many people around to hate. You know, how are you going to feel? You're going to feel angry that all these people are around to hate. Uh, but if you see life as as um, entertaining and you see all that's funny about life, you feel amused. So it's up to you how you feel. You know, we choose everything in our lives. We, we are, this chapter is really about accountability. And, you know, we choose mm-hmm. the food we eat. We choose the clothes we wear, the friends we make, and everything else on a moment-to-moment basis. So why would you draw the line and say, okay, from here on, God takes over and I don't choose anymore? That line does not exist. And where would you put it? You know, would you say, okay, yeah. well, God takes over when we die? And, well, why would God and energy that believes in our autonomy interfere with the timing that our soul believes in? You know, our soul decides all that. I mean, the human race has been searching for this line of demarcation for eons and have never found it because you can't find what doesn't exist. We are autonomous energy, and we are making all our decisions. And and we can decide to love or we can decide to hate. We can decide to be compassionate or we can decide to judge. We are making all those decisions day in and day out. Yeah. We have lots of choices all the time. All the time. In every moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's pretty amazing when you take a step back and kind of look at how big life can really be and how small we make it sometimes. <laughs> That's right. We create today by how we remember the past and we create the future by how we view today. And so, you know, cuz you know, tomorrow is just today, you know, the leap over to tomorrow, you're going to be in tomorrow, you'll be feeling everything you felt today. So if you're if you're it's not going to be any different unless you change how you feel about today. And really, yeah. you know, as much as people say, you know, I don't know how you do that, you just do it by doing it. It isn't, it isn't really that difficult. You just think it is because you listen to the voice inside that says it's impossible to do, and then you believe it. It is just, you know, you, if, you're, if you have things going through your mind that you don't like and they're making you feel uncomfortable, you, 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 you can't be in two opposing thoughts at the same time. So if you start thinking about why the day is terrific and what you have to learn today and what's great, what you're grateful for and why it is so wonderful, you're immediately in a different place. Yeah. So we're already creating our future today. Absolutely, emotionally. I mean, you can't, we can't control what happens in the picture of our life always. Uh, because our soul has the challenges that we're here to live. But you can control how you deal with it and how you feel about it and how you react to it. You control all that. Yeah. I mean, the same thing could happen to two people. The exact same thing could happen to two people. And how that how that goes forward after that depends on how each person decides to deal with it, whether they decide to see the growth in what happened or whether they decide to be in anger, resentment, and hate. So many choices. Yeah. So many choices. <laughs> it seems easy right now <laughs> as, as we talk about it, but like mm-hmm. 10 minutes from now when we go off on our day, um, you know, we get more choices. Right. And so just to, yeah. when you get on, when you, you know, get to that point where you're about to do something, say, wait a minute, I have a choice here. I have a choice. You know, what is it I want to get back? You know, do I want to, do I want to repeat this rumor even though I don't know it's true? Or do I want to give the person the benefit of the doubt? Which do I want to receive? Do I want people spreading rumors about me that they don't know are true? Or do I want them giving me the benefit of the doubt? There is that moment when you have to make a decision that you can, there is a moment when you can decide how you want to do something or how you want to react to something. We all have that moment. Yeah. 
in my mind, it looks like a, a wave to me or when you put a drop of water, like in a lake, it's like, which, what am I sending out? Like, even in that choice, it's like, I, it's almost like I'm, you're doing the sending and receiving at the same time. So I'm sending out, I could be sending out doubt or I could be sending out, you know, gratitude. And so which one am I doing? Right. Which, which wave am I creating? And yeah. I'm not always there in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's everybody's story, Chrissy. Yeah. It's everybody's story. I mean, I first half of my life, I was blaming everyone else for my problems. And so what I attracted back in my life were a lot of people who were uh, any, only too happy to blame me for everything that was wrong in their life. And when I became accountable and said, wait a minute, you know, I, I am the one who's responsible for uh, what's going on in my life. I'm the one who got me almost homeless, not my, not everybody else I've been blaming um, when I took responsibility and said, if I got myself in this sorry mess, then I can get myself out of it, all of a sudden I became accountable. And when I became accountable, then all the people I found in my life were people who were also being accountable. So that's the miracle, really. The miracle is that you can change your life absolutely overnight if you decide to be accountable and you take responsibility for your life and where you are. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we're going to take a little pause and we're going to talk to you again in for the next book. We'll circle back with you again. And I'm so glad that we could surf the psychic waves with you today. It's so great to talk about Love Human. And where can folks find you? They can the go to my website to www.bettythompson.com. That's B-E-T-S-Y Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. And they can find all my other social media on there and all my, the information about my books and how they can order one if they would like to. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Christy. Thank you for inviting me. Are you committed to your best life? Do you have the life, living, and love you truly desire? Or are there obstacles and limitations in the way of that? Dana Lewis is a global change facilitator, best-selling author and speaker. She has over 20 years of corporate and startup business experience, certifications in teaching and facilitating, and a magnanimous amount of caring, inspiration, and empowerment. She works with individuals and businesses, providing pragmatic tools and strategy to create the framework and flow that is required to having the life, living, and love desired. Would you like to find out more? Go to danalewis.com, D-A-N-N-A-L-E-W-I-S.com, or find her on SoundCloud, Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram at DL Styled, or on Facebook under Delicious Lifestyled.